Hey, Mickey. Cam. Cameron. Cameron Langsford, how That's are you? Me. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. I actually am better than good because we are attempting, we're not attempting, we're recording our first podcast. All right. Yeah. Down oh. Manhattan Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you've, you lost, you've lost your little fluff. Oh. <laughs> you it was, that... oh, yeah. Oh, it's on the ground there. Okay. Let me fix this up. Okay. You. Actually, maybe you need to fix it up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I am the technical expertise in the podcast, you might say that. There you go. Oh, thank you. Stick on, I've still got my fluff. <laughs> yeah, that's better. And you, it's funny, you say you are the technical part of the podcast, but in fact, you're the technical part of half of the technical part of my business. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Actually. So, so we are here to talk about business, aren't we? Yeah. Talk about it as a discussion between each other. Yeah. And record it at the same time. Yeah, and actually, when you came to me with the idea, well, when you were like, hey, we should do a podcast about our business lives, I just thought it was such a neat idea because I really enjoy listening to people discuss things in your, you know, being that sort of fly on the wall of a discussion, and maybe it's our inherent sort of nosiness or, you know, aspiration to live life a little differently, and what do they even do? So I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, for me, most of the podcasts I listen to are in this format. Yeah. I mean, just two people talking about each of their businesses, you know, what they're trying to achieve, the challenges that they might be going through. And what I've seen happen in those podcasts is that they they end up with a big community of people and a big network of people who are constantly helping each other yeah. with stuff. And it's sort of weird that I listen to like five different podcasts and probably when they all started, none of them knew each other, but now they're constantly talking about each other's podcasts. Oh, interesting. And so they've created their own network just by doing the same thing at a similar time and that's how they've listened to each other's podcasts and then they've met up in person at, at events or something like that and now they support each other and, and help each other. Funny. And I don't know, if, well, I'll just say this because I haven't really looked into it, but I don't know whether there's that many entrepreneurial podcasts coming out of New Zealand that are, maybe there is a few of them with bigger businesses. Yeah. You know, funded startups and that sort of thing that put time and effort into a podcast. But haven't seen any entrepreneurial type podcasts with two people with small, sort of like bootstrapped businesses. Maybe it's a good time to talk about our businesses. Because we're in completely different businesses. Yes. But we are intertwined because my my business supports your business and vice versa. Well, if it wasn't for training tilt, I wouldn't have a business the way I do now, actually. So for sure, your business more than supports it almost, it was that your business provided the platform to allow me to have a business. And of course, as a nutritionist, I could do, you know, my consultations and I can go on social media and do all of that stuff that I do as well. But the real success in my business comes from the ability to scale what I do and help a whole lot more people and do more of what I love. And that wouldn't be possible if you didn't have that idea of me jumping on your platform. I think it was back in 2015, Cam. Yeah, so I think it was 2015. You and I met, I think, maybe five years before that. Mm -hmm. Yes. 2010. Yes, and on my phone, when your number comes up, 
we bounced phones in 2010. Oh. <laughs> do you remember that? I think I do. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. from the first iPhone 3, I think. Yeah. 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 So I probably, yeah, I would have had an iPhone then. Yeah, you did. Oh, that's interesting. We yeah. were in Bronga at the time, in January. Oh, right. I remember it. Yeah, it's so cool. funny, actually. That anyway. Yeah, and then five years after that, I had created this platform, Training Talk, which is like a tool for coaches yeah. to use to deliver everything they need to, use, to deliver to their clients, as well as taking payments, sharing content, creating content, you know, educating their clients in a scalable way. Including all of the accepting payments yeah. and managing things. So, and you're a nutritionist. Yes. And you're currently running programs, group programs, cohort based. Yeah. On, on a timeline, and Training Tool helps you manage all of that. So, you, yeah. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your Monday's Matter program now? Because that'll give people a good idea of what. What you what can you, do with training tools. Well, and what you what, what you do as a nutritionist at the moment. Yeah, cool. So I have so a couple of things. So the consultations aside, I have I use Training Tilt to as a an online platform to provide meal plans to connect with individuals within the cohort and also deliver like put articles up deliver a lot of the education stuff through Training Till, right? So I've got my Mondays Matter program, which is a group-based program, which has, you know, it's an eight-week program. It has a start and a stop. It's, I provide people with an eight-week plan, plus shopping lists, plus weekly emails and Zoom calls, and a lot of that is supported by Training Till. And then, of course, I've got Facebook to create that group community or that group environment as well, and people are, like, fully into that. And of course we've got Drip, which is our email platform that I use to send out my weekly emails. So the beauty of Training Tilt is that I, I go in there and I write a plan and I've got my recipe portal is housed in there as well. So each week I upload, or each fortnight I guess, I upload like five to seven different or new recipes. And those recipes then I use to create my meal plans and people can either view that online and have access and talks to me online, or they can download that as a PDF as well, and sort of take it offline, depending on who they are and what they like. But it's more than that as well, because they're able to use that as a way to track their own progress with regards to biometrics, body weight. They can use the app that comes with Training Till to sort of tick off the schedule of meals that they've had, or to use whilst in a supermarket, figure out what they need for a recipe. And so there's a you know, whole host of features that Training Tilt has that really helps support that program. And so I run Mondays, which is really like, it's quite a transformational program, if you like, for the people that do it, which is amazing to be able to deliver that to people. It's such a, like, such a broad audience, I think, because, you know, as nutritionists and as coaches as well, you're limited by the amount of time you've got to be able to work one-on-one -on -one with someone. There are only so many hours in the day that you can do that. So this way I'm able to sort of reach a whole lot more people. And the so outside of that Monday's Matter, which I launch or have launched four times in a year, I also have self-directed or DIY stuff. So I've got a couple of fat loss programs, which is a DIY eight-week 
plan, people can just start it whenever they sign up. And I also have an ongoing monthly recipe portal access so people can just access the recipes which are behind a paywall and they have the option to chat individually with me so it's sort of like having a nutritionist on tap and then in addition to that I have meal plans designed for an athlete that comes out each month a 28 day meal plan and I also have one for just people who want to eat in a way that helps support you know health and longevity so that's the online component of my business. And this all sort of, I mean, it's not, it's all interrelated as well, right? Because, I mean, I've got this amazing platform that I do that in, but it wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for social media as well, I think. Yeah, and it's, <clears throat> I, I think of it as a lot of people come to these types of platforms and there's, you know, there's plenty of these types of platforms out there. And well, people are a little bit naive about it. They're looking for the platform to solve the problems that they think they have in their, their business. Yeah. Whereas if you're not helping a lot of people before you have any technology, well, excluding things like social media, which allows you to reach more people, but it doesn't really allow you to, to, to monetize that. No. Like there's so many people with big followings or they've got a bit of an audience, but they're still like relying on one-on-one sessions to yeah. generate the money in their business but I always think about it as your your one-on-one -on -one people are like your inner circle that proves that you are an expert and can help people yeah and then you just make those circles slowly bigger and bigger yeah. outside of that to reach more people so we were talking about this the other day that a lot of coaches are a little bit reluctant to move from that helping people in one-on-one -on -one yeah to helping people in a more scalable way and I think they're thinking about it from their own perspective but I always like to put it to coaches that it's not about like offering a lower quality service yes it's about the value that you can provide to people so there's only a small percentage of people in the world that you could help that would be could could afford to or would be willing to pay for one-on-one -on -one sessions on a regular basis. Yeah, and it isn't, and with that as well, it isn't even a monet, just a monetary thing because there are just some people who would prefer a plan and not have the engagement one-on-one -on -one with a coach because their personality feels like they, you know, it adds a level of accountability in their head that they might not, may not, that might not suit them and their personality you know like some people actually just want instructions and just want to go ahead and do it and they don't want to check in with a coach yep. nutrition or sports you know training they just want to have the resources and do it themselves but also know that those resources were put together by someone who is an expert in their field now i've got a question for you though cam so what sort of inspired you to create Training Tilt? Like, what is it about Training Tilt that is it provided by, you know, I immediately think Training Peaks or another sort of coaching yeah. platform. So it's really what we were just talking about. Yeah. So for those other platforms, coaches, I mean, there is ways to sell training plans at scale through those other platforms, but they're really focused on the platform. Yeah. So Training Peaks sell training plans and you buy it from Training Peaks ah. and Training Peaks takes a large percentage of that sales so it's more like a marketplace there's nothing wrong with it yeah it's more like a marketplace but with Training Talk you are buying it from 
McKeeleton. Yeah, okay. And Training Talk just happens to be the underlying platform on it. But it's branded, it's branded Mickey Willardin. Everything's about Mickey Willardin. It's not the Training Peaks marketplace where you can search and see training plans from a hundred different coaches and choose between, you know, Dave and, and Mary's um, like triathlon training plan. Yeah. Or, or meal plan or whatever it is if it's a different platform. So, yeah. you know, the coaches create the system. It's their online store. It's their... It's their training plan store, and they, and they. So, I mean, that's a double-edged sword where it's, it's theirs. It's all granted to them, which is an advantage. But then it's their responsibility to create the demand yes. around it as well. Whereas a marketplace, so someone like Training Peaks, they take a big percentage, is, is because they sell directly their subscriptions and their software. They sell it directly to athletes. Okay. So they bring those athletes in and sell it to the. Coaches, so it's a diff it's just a different approach. It's it's more for coaches who want to create their own brand and run independently of of the platform yeah. itself. So, and have you always had that entrepreneurial sort of mindset? Because I think about this a lot with me, because I historically am a very safe person. Mm. I like being paid by the man. Well, I liked to be paid by the man. I didn't want the risk of having to generate my own income, but that has changed over time, and that will be a conversation we'll have you know, in another podcast, but you know, I think that there aren't that many people who sort of take, a, a, take that mindset of, I wanna do, I wanna work for myself. I mean, everyone wants, well, mm. not everyone, but a lot of people do wanna work for themselves, but having the ability to do so is another thing entirely. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly what it is because I, I always struggle to think of myself as an entrepreneur, as mm. like a, a business person. And I think it's more about how it's set up in the media and how people think about what it is. You know, entrepreneurs, they might get a lot of funding and then maybe create a big business and hire a lot of people. But for me, it's always been about the freedom to make decisions about what sort of things you're going to work on and what you're going to do with your time, be that within your business and outside of your business. And and maybe I, for me it was more like I was I was pushed out of other things yeah. than rather having that entrepreneurial like urge, yeah. like being frustrated in a job where I didn't think the decisions were being made the right way or, you know, I would do things differently but didn't have control over that situation so that's evolved over time and now it's more for me now it's more about controlling my my life not just my business but you know, how I spend my time so we talked about before like not looking to, to make a giant business where I can buy a super yacht and, and, and have a, a big team and then have some sort of event where you sell your business to some giant company and become like you know a multi-millionaire or a billionaire or that's not really where it's at for me. Like, I'd be happy to run my business until I retired. Are we talking about things like the freedom to rent a villa in, like, Bordeaux or LA or Hawaii or Bali or something and not worry about, one, how many holidays you've got left. Yes. How many paid holidays you've got left. And whether or not... Um, it'll be expensive and like yeah. how many of those could yeah. you could afford yeah you know so if we got to a situation where I could go away three or four times a year not have to worry about the money yeah. and of course would be working yeah because I don't I don't go 
I haven't been more than like a day of where I haven't worked in probably 10 years now. Yeah. And that's not because I necessarily have to, but yeah. it's because that's a choice because, you know, working is something I enjoy because I, and the reason that is because I choose what I, I've chosen my work. Yeah. So I'm not bound to a job that I don't necessarily like, but I guess that brings us to sort of where we are now. Yes. We're sitting in a, a brewery in Manhattan Beach in yeah. LA. We've been travelling for a few weeks and we've come out of, we've just come from Hawaii. Yep. Where you went to a conference. Yes. And I spent time at the Ironman World Championship, where both of us did, which is all part of, all part of that. So we've been travelling and we've been working and now you've just done a course here in LA and I'm off to San Diego to join my business coaching group for an in-person thing there where we're going to talk more about what we're talking about now really and strategies to to grow the business so I guess we're personally in my business I'm at the stage where I can start to do things like that yeah but there's still stress and pressure around how do you how do you pay for it yeah you know yeah, yeah. And, then, and then how do you how do you make sure that you you're earning enough money to look after things at home while you're away, you know, so yeah. that's where the goals come in and where that would be more, that would be less stressful and you can do it more often without worrying about it. Yeah, and I'd say I would be in that same position, like that I'm, so I left my full-time job because I was doing this, so I've spent periods of my working life being just a consultant but also being in that academic environment in that tertiary education environment actually, like lecturing and stuff. And I was up until May, which is when we had our first sort of trip this year, working full time as a lecturer and trying to figure out how to balance the lecturing position with my growing business and also the opportunities that that presented. You know, with my, as you said, I'm in a business meeting here and my business coaches live in LA, so it's, it's having, it's juggling that. Plus also, of course, with Baz, Hubster, having a brick and mortar job where he has to work full time mm. and he's at home and so it's trying to find a balance between doing what I want to do in the business but also getting the business to a position where both Barry and I can spend time overseas working in the business because he is a significant part of what I do on that Monday's Matter program and of course Wikipedia podcast he's a digital editor for that so he does in fact spend a lot of his quote-unquote spare time working in the business and what I want to do is get the business into a position where it can support both of us and our life to be able to do that and it's not that I, I mean I love my life in Auckland and I love what we do at home but I've also probably for the last 10 years really loved the idea of traveling and working remotely mm. and even, like I think even before it was a possibility or even within my you know like a possibility for me I always thought oh gosh that would be nice to be able to do that and so it's great to now be in a position where it's a lot more feasible and I'm in that early space of growing my business which is why I left my academic position to focus more fully on what I need to do with that. Yeah, and, and my partner Nikki, of course, who has been travelling with us up to a few days ago, which has been great. She's headed back, so she's she's in a similar situation where her she's a lawyer in Auckland. All her clients are local, 
But she's really she's made a lot of progress in her mindset around how could she also be a bit more flexible with her time. Yeah. So she was working here most of last week, dealing with her clients in Auckland and really figuring that out. I think she learned a lot and she's gone home with a bit of a different perspective on it and maybe a little, you know, a bit more of a positive attitude about how we might be able to make things work a bit better as a couple in terms of being able to travel and be flexible. I mean, the main reason why she went home is not for work now, it's, it's because of our cats. Yeah. And she yeah. missed them too much, so yeah. she was more than happy to head, to head, yeah. to head home. Whereas I could easily stay away a little bit longer. But you still miss right. the tongs. Oh, yes, right. totally. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I also love living in Auckland, and it's hard to imagine moving away permanently. And that's how not think, and I think both of us are of that mindset, that's not the goal. Mm. The goal is to have the flexibility to be able to work where you like. And so the businesses themselves are yes. in that position, it's just the life, yeah, the totally. life situation and, and yeah. stuff. And you, you, yeah. you know, if you have a similar type of business and you have similar type goals, yeah. you might live somewhere now and, and actually you don't want to travel, and, but you, know, you still want to have time during the day and you know, make your own decisions during the day about where you are and what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. Whether that be working or, going, or running or surfing or whatever it is that you like to do uh, in your job. So I surf, so I mean, you can't just go surfing based on like your work schedule because the, you know, the conditions don't work till get to uh, nine to five. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're serious about surfing and the condition, you know, the, the waves are coming in and you're, you're in a nine to five job and the waves are coming in at 10 o'clock where you, you know, you're not really going to be able to go. Yeah. Um, so um, that's just another example of being in a little bit more control of your time. And it's not about because you don't have to work. You know, so like, I, I couldn't imagine anything worse than not having anything to do other than going surfing when the surf comes up because you, know, you still need those the varied challenges in your in your life that you you move between during the day you know and isn't it and i know that the, we're sort of almost touching on loads of topics which we will get into as the podcast progresses across the weeks right but when you say that i think about people who retire and then you hear like the rates of depression and mm. people who are retired and like you know higher than those people who aren't who will feel happier on the weekend even if they don't have a job because actually because it's the weekend you know there's yeah. a because it's that sort of time to have fun whereas like if you're just if, we, you've, if your time is your own and you've got no work to do it's not really that satisfying if you've got no one else to sort of share that with during the week as well which is different from what you're describing but similar thing right yeah, you yeah. do need other yeah. interests and stuff and let's face it I mean I love I'm like you like I love working like I can't imagine retiring from what I'm doing no. right now. Well, I think there must be some sort of age limit on nutrition. Like, I'm not sure how many old nutritionists there are around. No, no, but I, I, when I think about retirement, I just think about all the things that I would do instead of what I'm doing now if I retire. Yeah. Like, you know, I've always wanted to restore a, an, you know, a classic car. Oh, yeah. Or, like, build a tiny home. Yes. So I'll just move on to the things that are not that practical to try and do 
when you when your days are already filled up. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Stuff. Whereas a lot of people retire, sit at home, and then wonder why they're bored or get depressed or haven't got anything to look forward to. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's interesting. One, eh? Like I think about my parents, right? And my dad is cleaner. He doesn't get satisfaction or fulfilment from work. Mm. And I don't think I need to explain why that would be. But he likes to come home and he's got a set routine for all of these things. Yeah. And I think, and, and the things that he does outside of work is the stuff that he really enjoys doing. <laughs> and yeah. so actually for him, he's 70 now. And he's still, he works full time still. And he can't, and he's like, oh, I'll just give up work when I just can't be bothered going anymore. Yeah. <laughs> which is which I totally get. But yeah. once he does give up work, he'll have plenty of his other stuff that he enjoys doing mm. to sort of fill that in. Yeah. I guess, I guess there's, a, there's that lame thing that people say, like, you should work so you can live, not live so you can work. But I reckon it's somewhere in between of that. Mm. It's not. It's neither of those things. Mm. It's living and well, working is living. Yeah. Living is working. Oh, it's and the other like, main thing that people say is, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Well, that's cool. No, because no, because whatever you, we've talked about this before as well. Whatever it is that you love to do, there's going to be some shit things that you can that you have to. Yeah. Like Invoicing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's there's the without. There's nothing that you can enjoy for long periods of time without having to do some things you don't want to do. Yeah. And that's all part of it. And I think if you, you know, those those are good for social media posts about follow your passion and yeah. you know what you what you just said. But that's just not how the world works. You know? It isn't. So you're never going to get anywhere with that attitude. And I wonder if that's part of it, isn't it? Like, no, not is being aware of what people might say things should be versus how they actually are. I don't know, like, if you always think that you should enjoy every moment, that you, you know, should never be in a position where you're bored or angry or, you know, like all of the other emotions, then you'll, you'll always be wondering, I don't know, you'll always you'll be sort of living a half-life and mm. be scared to do things or never change anything or be constantly have a negative attitude about the life you do have, which is, again, a whole different topic, but... Yeah. Yeah? So the podcast. Yes. So I just like, wanted to cover a few things about why we decided to do yeah. the podcast. So for me, it's a bit of accountability. Mm-hmm. So as we were just talking about, there's lots of things you need to do in your business to progress it. So I'm not young, so I'm 45. Five. I'm 45, we're the same age. I have a lot of knowledge. Of been working as a software developer for 20 years. Been working in startups for 15 or up to 20 years. I'm running, running my own business in various forms for a decade. Yeah. So there's not a lot that I can learn now to apply to my business that I don't already know. Yeah. So for me, it's like getting to the next level is mastering my own mindset. And following thing, following through with things, with strategies that you learn about, and making sure that you apply all of those things to your business consistently. Whether you with persistence. So this podcast is to help with that. So we're going to get together and talk about these things yeah. each week, and then you're going to sound like a bit of a turkey 
if you're like constantly saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do this finished. thing that I, was, that I also said I was going to do yes. a month ago. Yes. Which if I look back at my at my own like accountability yeah. notes, yes. I go, oh yeah, I'm going to do that this week. Did I do that this week? No, I don't think so. I think something else came up. It may or may not have been more important because things do come up in your yeah. business all of the time and you do have to be fighting fires. But yeah, so that's it. But also because, as I said to you before, I don't talk enough. My my core of my business doesn't require me to as much with people because I'm a software developer. So I build the software as, as well as try and sell it. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time in front of the computer. Yeah. And so yeah, talking, articulating my ideas is something that I really need to build my skills around. Needs just in general but also so then I can articulate the value of my software to potential customers and sales calls yeah. and demos. Yeah. So you know all of these things the one you require on practice. So you can't get good at something unless you just do it and you're not gonna be good at it straight away. Yeah. And sales calls is something a perfect example of that, like a lot of people will say, especially software, de software developers say, oh, I can't do sales, like, I can't do demos because I don't, you know, I don't have those skills, but you know, we have to do is start doing them and then yeah. practice and things like this to help. No, I like it. And you're right, you do have a lot of knowledge. I mean, you've been my business mentor for as long as I've been using training tool, possibly beforehand. So I almost always run everything by you. And 95% of the time I take your advice, although as evidenced by my recent mm. business decision, didn't take your advice, No. did a thing, and was like, oh, Cam was right. However, I would not known that you were right had I not No, no, thing. and I mean, I'm wrong about more things than I am right about, yes. and everyone is. Yeah. But these things, some things you need to try out. Mm. So it's not like, it's, so I guess that's, if you're thinking about entrepreneurship, like maybe a definition of that is being prepared to make decisions and take actions with limited knowledge. Yes. Because you can read all the books you want, you know, watch all the YouTube videos, read all the blogs. You can't, those things that people teach you about may not necessarily be applicable to your business or might be applicable in a different way and may or may not work. Yeah. So you just, being an entrepreneur, I think, is having the willingness to try these things without knowing whether they'll work or not. Yeah, okay. I guess my reason for doing something like this is that my recent business decision where I went into a course thinking I could learn quite a lot and they were just telling me a lot about what I already knew made me appreciate that I've actually got quite a bit of knowledge in the mindset space and what it takes to shift from that fixed mindset of I cannot do anything other than work for the man to the growth mindset of I'm only really limited by my own beliefs, I guess. And that sounds really sort of Pollyanna or esoterical, whatever, woo-woo, but it actually isn't, you know. So much of what I do is mindset because I have the expertise and knowledge in my field and now it's just, it's having that, it's building that expertise and knowledge in that business space I think and I'm and I'm on that path I guess yeah and I like talking about it because one it makes me accountable as well to do things and that's obviously I have business coaches for that too and two I think that my experience I think I'm in a position where I can talk 
where other practitioners may be similar to me and wanting to do something like me but are not quite sure how to take those next steps. So hopefully I can also help other practitioners take steps that I've taken to help them scale their businesses as well. I don't know. Yeah, and that seems to be a natural progression for in the coaching space. You know, you coach, you coach your clients mm. and then you might, like your business coach, started coaching her yes. clients yes. 10 years ago or whatever. And then it's like you, you progress as a person and as a business person and then it's like, well, maybe you want to help. So when you were, if you were thinking about a coach, a nutritionist or a running coach or a triathlon coach, sort of what you're doing and what our software allows is to help more people more of the time. Yeah. So it's so if you know if you if you it's not about making more money although it is about making more money. But it's also about being able to help more people more of the time. So help a bigger group of people. And then you might get to a point where you've helped all of these people and then you could help more people other coaches help more people more of the time yeah and then the, the overall impact of that is just becomes exponential it does and i think it's also for any practitioner out there any nutritionist any coach like to not have a scarcity mindset around that there are millions of people in the world who would like your services in one way or another and it's really easy to feel that you know if i help this other coach then they may get clients that I'm not going to get there are plenty of people to go around so having that as a mindset as well mm. because a scarcity mindset is actually a thing that holds people back a lot and of course we'll talk yeah. a lot about that in our podcasts because that's a lot of what you sort of can yeah, come yeah. up against and even in yourself like you know like there are absolutely moments where I have a you know a thought or a or a thing which I'm like I might feel that, and it's actually then getting myself out of that mindset of, you know, thinking in different ways. So yeah. we talk about tactics and, and what Yeah, and that's I think probably a good topic to, to make a note of is like how you think about your competition as well. And yeah, you totally. You shouldn't worry too much yeah. about it just for the reasons you see that there's plenty to go around. Yeah, so that'll be the TLDR on that episode. Yeah. Don't yeah, even worry yeah. about it, people. <laughs> There's cleaning. I mean, if you've gotten this far. Yeah. <laughs> if four of our listeners are still our listeners, well, oh, money yes. and I'll get four. So you have a couple of other podcasts, so, you know, you'll at least get some of them to try this one out. Well, I think try we should... Try this one out for size. Well, I think we should put the first one on Wikipedia. Oh, hi, Wikipedia listeners. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is Ken. <laughs> you may have seen me on some... Um, of Mickey's Instagram lives yeah. uh, and I think you jumped in and then apologised to Mickey oh I'm just jumping out I thought this was you talking about something interesting but it was actually Cam talking about beer <laughs> that's right Cam in the van Cam in the van Cam in the van Cam in the van Cam in the van, the van. that was great love that yeah. yeah anyway this is probably a good time to wind this episode up I reckon. yeah cool and so we'll go back to some brews I think I think so we'll have another one I mean you've got you've had three no no but they equate to less than 10 ounces oh they do yeah, yeah, what have I've you had? One, I've had one 10 ounce. I've apparently had nine ounces, but I think he was a bit generous on one, so maybe I'm equal with you. Yeah. All right. All right, Cam. Thanks, and I will talk to you next week. week. Yes, Possibly, or maybe even in like about two minutes. Oh, yeah, maybe. When not. you go and order me a beer. Oh, okay. <laughs>